Alan Winston here. Early in the summer of 2022, my Bar Crawl Radio podcast co-host Rebecca McKean and our grandson Jackie Castro traveled to the family farm home of Martha Hennessy, granddaughter of the founder of the Catholic Worker, Dorothy Day. While there, Martha told us about the amazing work being done by a Catholic Salesian priest in Uganda and Sierra Leone, Father Philip Gabao. Martha recommended that we talk to Father Philip, which we did at Mary House in the Bowery of Manhattan. You can hear that conversation uh, at BCR number 175. Here's an excerpt from that conversation in which Father Philip talks about what he did to raise the power of the woman student in Ugandan schools. So, um, in Uganda, it's even more uh, prevalent, the difference between the women and the men. Mm-hmm. In our school, there's already seen that uh, women are not meant for education, you know? So, even the way the women, they greet, they have to kneel down. Even if you're educated, you are number one, you have to kneel down to greet a man. Hmm. Yeah. Actually kneel down on the, on the ground. Yes, yes. Even, let's say you have 10 PhD, you have to kneel down to greet. Is that true today? Yes, even today. But wow. that's a culture. And sometimes I try to say, why are you kneeling down for your fellow human being? And they say, but Father, that's our tradition. Now, in this school, Almost all the years I see the men always stand for the student leader to be the, 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 the president of the school. You know, we call it guild president. Always will be a competition among young men. I said, but, so I asked, but why women never become? And then they said, no, Father, you don't bring those things here. I said, but in Sierra Leone now, we try to change more. No, this is not Sierra Leone. This is again. Okay, next year I will try something. So I told one of the students, you are going to stand for the election. This is a girl. Yeah. So, and then this is said, standing for election for the president of the guild. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he's going to challenge him. And then he said, no, Father. I said, no, don't worry. I'm going to support you. I, I, I know you know win, you know, at the beginning, but you have to start. And then he said, okay, no problem. So she picked up some courage, and then she stood for the election. Uh, the fellow ladies, we are provoking her, you know, we are laughing at her. But now women can stand. It's not only for men. Women can also stand. They have the right to stand. Yeah. Yeah. So and it, has to, it has to start somewhere. Yeah. I try to push it in a lot of ways. Right, right. When the women can participate in things that the men thought that it's only meant for them. Hi, I'm Rebecca. And uh, we learned of Father Philip's work in the Uganda school system and his efforts to raise money for upper-level students in Sierra Leone and Uganda. And we thought we'd like to meet some of these young people that, that he's helped. Today, we will be talking with Namboye Claire of the Kamuli district of Uganda and Berunji Martha from Sierra Leone. Rebecca and I wanted to learn about Martha's and Claire's experiences of growing up in poverty in Africa and their efforts to become professionals, Martha as an electric car mechanic and Claire as a social worker and community organizer. Both see themselves as examples of a new and different choice for African women outside of early marriage, domestic work, 
in a life of child-rearing. We are Bar Crawl Radio Podcast, and for this program, we talked with two amazing young African women who are working against cultural currents in Uganda that dissuades women to earn college degrees and work as professionals. Martha, maybe we can start with you. You wrote us that you have three brothers and that your father left when you were quite young and your mother had to work three jobs to uh, get your family through all that. That must have been very difficult. Can you tell us a little bit more about that early life? Yeah, it it was so difficult. Even right now, it, it hurts me. So it's something that it's so deep. And sometimes I'm a, I'm a bit emotional. I because I knew that I had a father somewhere who would work for me and give me a better life. But I had to do it myself. And seeing my mom had through a lot of difficulties. So it, at first I was so mad that I had to fight my way. He wasted most of his young life because he didn't work. He spent most of the money drinking. Mm. So right now I can say he has nothing under his name. That's mm. what I can say. So mm. maybe what he can provide is love for now. But the rest, I can't expect much from him. Yeah. I had to work. I had to work. Really, I had to work. Yeah, we were all working and I was the youngest. Mm. Mm. So so my mom had gotten a job at a, as an office messenger somewhere in a, in a bank. The, the bank itself had some, what do they call them, like guest house when you get a visitor, maybe from abroad, who works for the bank. A guest house. Yeah. Yeah, a guest house. So they had like like there were like 15 there were like apartments so the the guy was like i can offer you if you can clean he was telling my mom mm-hmm. you can make some extra money right so my mom would tell me mother i would love you to go there and clean before these people come in mm. with your brothers so we used to clean those houses if it become if it, if it comes to laundry we come we take the clothes out, then we do the laundry. So that's how we made, were able to make some money. And you did this at a very young age. Yeah. Claire grew up in the Kamula district of Uganda, where her family faced many challenges. At an early age, she dreamed of getting an education. But while very young, her father and others in authority pushed her towards marriage. I, I really have passion for education. I really want to study. But my father once told me that things have failed. Now you just have to sit at home and wait for what's next. Literally, educating a girl child is not seen as a big deal. Mostly, they want girls around 16 years of age, 15. When you clock that particular age, they think of marriage. You just have to go and marry. They think education is not something so, so, so big. Like, it's not a big deal. Even my family members were supporting it that, uh uh-uh, you can't go to school. You just have to marry. Not only was Claire and Martha fighting cultural attitudes that saw the girl child as domestic help, but the Uganda school system, 
that charged tuition to all students, clearly a hardship for the poor. Claire told us about the help she received from friends and family so that she could continue her education. Unfortunately, her funding was inconsistent, and she was not allowed to take an important examination because her tuition had not been paid. A lot of people thought that maybe I'll just, since there was no money for me to continue schooling, they thought I'll just end up getting married to someone in the village or something like that. I didn't see myself in a home of a man, so I was, we were sitting our final examinations of senior four, that is UCE, Uganda Certificate of Education, and I had a balance of 200,000 Uganda shillings. The administrator of, of that school came in and told me that you're not going to sit for this examination because you, you have a balance. And pleaded for the lady, she was like, no, we shall pay the money, but at least let us sit for the final examination. So when he went back home, they sold some, we had some animals, like three goats and some hens. So they, they sold that. And then some other family members also sold some bit of their, their things and were able to pay back the lady. And then from five, senior five, that's a level advanced level in Uganda here. I didn't join right away because I had the same problem of funds, like no tuition, no mattress, nothing, literally. Even clothes, sometimes you have no clothes to put on. Sanitary towels, when you go to your menstruation periods, you have nothing. Friends, but literally, I had nothing to enable me start school. So there is some uncle of mine, she knew a certain director in Wakiso, he was just starting a school. So my father requested him to go there and talk to him. So my uncle went and talked to the director of that particular school in Wakiso. And luckily, he, he allowed me in. But imagine, I have no mattress. I had nothing. I didn't have any hopes of getting, like, I was like, let me just go. Whatever comes may good enough. I'm going to be in class. I'll be reading notes of my fellow students. When I get books, I write. Well enough. So I joined senior five later on, I think after like seven months, and I missed out a lot. But luckily, that director, that gentleman of that school helped me a lot in tuition and stuff like that. Like I just wanted to, to study, like to study, 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 go up to university, attain my PhD. Like I just want to study and study and study. And then I told my father, I, really, I want to join university. I really have to join university. My father started soliciting for funds everywhere, begging from friends, from family, but people are not willing. And then God paved the way for us. My father was able to get some company. We, we registered. And then I was able to join university. And then in my second, second year of university, the first semester, that's when my father met Father Philip. And he told him what, what, whatever thing was happening. And then that's, that's when I got to know about him. Like My life has really changed. Over the past years, I think the very first year of university, I used not to concentrate in class. Because you're in class, you're thinking, where is the money going to come from, to show? Literally, you're not settled. And at times, I used to, you know, you sell off some few things you have. Maybe you have a nice blouse or a skirt. 
you sell it off, you get some something over to eat or something like that. But ever since I met Father Philip, at least something has really changed. Martha also got help from her family as she pursued her study of mechanical engineering. Her mother supported her dream, and she and her brothers helped raise each other's tuition. go to school and the other one goes to school too so um, my brothers used to work so when they save money my mom would say let's first push your young sister so my primary that's how I studied like primary one two three four five six like that my my siblings were, was, were seated at home so for me I had to to go to school because she had a thought that if I remain at home, maybe I'll get spoiled. <clears throat> maybe I would I would want to get married. So she was thinking about me. So I'm grateful because I had such a kind of a mother. So she thought about me. So when I reached my primary seven, I had to sit so that my brothers too also go to school. So I sat. I sat for some was it like one year? Yeah, I sat. And the, my brother went, my elder brother went, they all went to school. So it reached a point where we would not wait for one, then others go. So my brother got a job because he loved to cook. So he got a job in a restaurant and he told my mom that I will take my sister back to school. So that's how I started. Uh, let me Senior one, I joined senior one. He was paying for me, so my mom would top up. So they would pay for me for school. I go to school. Uh, I studied senior two the same way. Senior three the same way. So it was it was so hard because most of the times when the, the tuition was not enough, I, I had to sit at home. So, and it was kind of painful because I used to go back when I'm coming from school. Maybe they had sent me home. I come back from school walking and I was thinking about my dad. And I was like, if he was here, he would contribute the little he had, but he couldn't. So it was so hurting. But my brother used to make me feel special. So, I, so it was so good because so, I had those people having my back with the little they had. Finally, we asked about their dreams for the future. Claire's goal to become a social worker and Martha's to be an engineer. And I just want to aim higher. After my bachelor's, I plan that maybe I will do a postgraduate or a master's and even a PhD because my aim is to change the image of the girl child in my village. I really want them to see something different because most of them think that, eh, you can't be anything. You can't. Even right now, that's what they say. They're like, ah, you're just wasting money. You're not going to be anything. Like, literally, you're nothing. You're just, we're just waiting for you to marry off. But I really want to change that, that perspective. A girl child is also a person. Some women in our communities, where I am, where I stay in Kamudi, at times they try to educate their children, but literally they are backed off by their husbands because they think, you're wasting money on that child. Literally, they don't know the value that is in education. And that is one thing that I want to change. See what education can do to a person. That education can change someone. You can be someone in this country when you're educated. That is for the better. 
and that that is what I want to change. When I finish my bachelor's and continue with what I want to do, like the postgraduate, the masters, I feel I want to create for them something where they can see that all this culture we wanted to wanted to marry off has really transformed our society. Encourage other fellow girls to be in school by teaching them the good things that are in school. When I'm going back to the village, they don't look at me the same way they used to look at me because of the way I think, the way I handle myself. Like they see that I'm a bit changed, but they want like a very big change that I can inspire the other fellow girls to be in school, not to marry off. Because when I go, they're like, eh, you look so good. The English you speak is really so, so good. There's a change. And mostly when I go back there, the little girls want to be around me. So they get inspired a little bit, but I want to inspire them more. And in the, in the future, when I'm done with schooling, I want to implement on some particular topics. In Uganda here, there's a lot of gender-based violence on women especially. All of us are equal and we are created by the same person. You educate men. Basically, a woman is not, is not a punching bag. He's, she's your spouse. You're supposed to live in harmony and in peace. And then the child, child marriages, I want to make sure that I reduce that or end that. I want to create something that everyone can see that this has to stop. When you clock 14, 15, off to marriage, off to marriage. And you find that it's really affecting most, most of them. Because I think during the COVID-19 pandemic, there was a lot of teenage, teenage pregnancies because of that child marriages. You find someone, she's 14, she's 13, she's carrying a baby. She doesn't know how to do things. Literally, she's young. She's not psychologically ready for the baby, but a baby is carrying a baby. It really hurts me to see such a girl who's supposed to be in school, busy in a home of a man who is a drunkard, who has nothing literally to offer to her and her baby, but she's there suffering, yet she's supposed to be in school and maybe be something important in the future to help other people in her society. I'll start by that. Educating parents that there is an importance of educating a girl child. A girl child is not supposed to just go marry off when, when she clocks 14 or 15. Like I showed them the importance of education by just near looking at me, because I believe by that time I'll be a very, very different person. And I showed them what I've done for myself as a woman who is not married, but because of my education, I've reached where I am. Where we are going, I see that women are in the lead. One of the things that inspired me so, so, so much, current vice president of America, that lady, I look up to her like, I was like, oh my God, this is so wonderful. I was really so happy about it. So basically, that's what I want to do, transform my society, showing them the, the importance, the good thing that is in educating a girl child. And, and Martha, can you talk a little bit about your hopes for the future? Yeah. Now, um, I'm studying mechanical engineering. So right now, when I'm in the field, you know, it's they still have that mentality. They look at you and like, you can't do this. But whenever they see me and they do something and they're like, really, 
you can do that you can also do that so they're amazed so i think that change is going to change with us it starts with me me if they see me doing something that men can do so it means that also us we can do we can stand up we can be strong we can do whatever we want to do as long as we put our minds to it so even when i go home still uh my family my friends they look at me and they're like you know mata i i can also do that so i want when i'm done with my my schooling if it happens god willingly i would like to maybe do a project maybe employ some most of my mostly women maybe in my field so that we can show we can do something we can be as good as you men we can be as good as the community wants us to be so we can take away that mindset that bad mindset that we are supposed to be in the kitchens we are supposed to be taking care of others but we also can do other things apart from being in the kitchen so i think it's going to be a very big project my dream is to do electric uh, ele- electric and electronics the wiring of the cars the electrical part of the cars right now um, i do everything i do i can do production that is machine work i can do mm, this generally the engine work yeah but my dream would la- i would love to be that person who handles the electric electricity part of the car because these days life is changing things are changing right now now uh, we had a crisis even up to now the, the the fuel prices are so high so if we had more cars which were electronic that would be so better when a man sees you under the hood of a car working what kind of response do you get from them at first it was like when they first saw me when i i first started my course they would they would say you want manage you want manage but these days i get a, diff, a different response from them some you find they give you support they're like wow i'm um, i'm amazed that you do such okay. some some are, are even proud they they think that us women here these kind of jobs we think they are for men only so Yeah, that's most of the times what I get. Right, right. The wow. Thank, thank you. you, Martha, and thank you, Claire, for speaking with with us today. And we want to thank. It's our pleasure. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's so great to meet you, and we. And a great big bar crawl radio thanks to Kevin Nathaniel for his amazing performance on the Mbera. If you'd like to support the work of Father Philip as he pushes his students, African girls and boys, to pursue their education, please just contact us at barkrawradio@gmail.com and we'll put you in touch with Father Philip. Mm-hmm.